Hey, Goal Achievers. Welcome to the Elite Achievement Community. I'm Kristen Burke, your host and coach here to demystify the goal achievement process. If you are ambitious and visionary, then let's get to work so you can maximize your potential. Hey, Goal Achievers. Welcome back to Elite Achievement. Today, I am chatting with CEO of Bojin, Chu Hien Lee. Chu launched her business from her dining room and has grown it to a seven-figure e-commerce business in only five short years while she was being a mama to her six-year-old daughter. Chu Hien is on a mission to share her business knowledge with future entrepreneurs and is passionate about helping entrepreneurs build a company and lead in their chosen industries. Welcome to Hien. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Two, I am very excited to chat with you today. I have so many questions around how you grew your business, what is inspiring you to lead in the business world, what motivates you. So let's get started. Tell us more about Bojan and what inspired you to launch the company. Yeah, so... I kind of fell into entrepreneurship. I'm not an entrepreneur by training. I'm as actually I have a finance background. So in 2014, when I had my daughter, I had a lot of trouble breastfeeding. And I went to the Facebook groups, talked to the moms, all the moms I knew and said, is this what it's supposed to be like? And you know, there were some there's a lot of support, but there's not really a direct solution. And so my husband um, was with me and he saw the pain and struggle I went through. And I think he just really wanted to support me. And then I was telling him, like, there's a lot of women that have this problem. I'm not the only one. And he's like, well, maybe we can solve it. So at the time, we were living in New York City in a 500 square foot studio with a baby and uh, we decided, okay, let's let's go all in and do this. So um, he quit his job. Neither of us were working. We went all in with a newborn baby, moved to Florida, which is where we're originally from, and decided to go on this entrepreneurship journey to solve this specific problem for breastfeeding women. So my husband really helped me develop the actual solution while I was talking to the mothers and like really understanding what their issue was. And then that was the start of our journey to building our our flagship product, which is the Bojan Breast Pump Cushions. That's incredible. So you quit your jobs while you were living in New York and you relocated your family to Florida. How did you know that you were meant to go all in with this product and this idea? That's such a good question. We didn't. I think it, it was just a little bit of faith and um, knowing that there was a, a problem that could and needed to be solved um, and really just trusting that we would be able to eventually find the solution. So we had to invent a solution. It's not like something existed in the world like it. So it was a lot of trial and error. We ended up creating over 40 prototypes, testing different shapes, materials, you know, what a breast pump cushion is. Like, what is a breast pump cushion? Don't know. So we had to really experiment with that. The next challenge we had was finding the the money, the capital to actually build out 
a solution, right? Um, we actually ran a Kickstarter campaign. And for people who don't know what Kickstarter is, it's a crowdfunding campaign. So you put out your solution and tell the world, hey, our goal was $20,000. We said, okay, if we can raise $20,000, that means there's enough moms, there's enough women who need this problem solved, then we will go solve it. But if we don't raise $20,000, then not enough people care about it, then we won't do it. So we ended up raising close to $25,000. And we're like, okay, there's, there's a demand for this. We're going to go and build a manufacturing line and launch into market. And then I believe in 2016, we launched and we've been in the market ever since. I think it's incredible when Scarlett was born, she was born with a condition called duodenal atresia. So her abdomen and bowel actually never fused together during pregnancy. And we found this out very, very late in the pregnancy. It was around week 33. And when she was born to, I wasn't able to nurse. She couldn't eat. She went into the NICU. She had corrective surgery uh, after she was born. And it was a, a couple of weeks before she was actually able to eat. And so I had to pump. I guess I didn't have to pump, but I, I made the choice to try pumping. And it was absolutely excruciating. And when you have a NICU baby, you are literally pumping every couple hours because I'm trying to build up the supply. And where were you in my life when Scarlett was born? We didn't actually come up with a solution to um, the, the breast pump cushion until I was close to the end of my breast pumping journey. It was just like, oh, it was like so painful, tears and wanting to quit every single day and eventually came up with like, I think this is what the solution is. By that time, I had already started to wean and finish my pumping journey. But I, I was really passionate about helping women because I knew that we had the solution that could not only help women, but then also it would have a positive impact on their families and their babies. Absolutely. As you talked about your own journey with pumping and many tears and wanting to give up multiple times, I'm curious, did you ever feel that way as you were launching your business? You oh. said <laughs> 40 prototypes. I mean, how did you stay committed? That's a good question. You know, I think we were just determined to just find the solution. But even when we were in market, there were there, it took about three years to really gain market traction. I mean, we had minimal visibility, some interest, but nothing really huge, right? And in three years, you think like, I'm, I'm creating all this content, I'm putting stuff out there. I don't really know if people care. I don't know if people are listening. Three years, and really, I tell people like the only reason why I've found a little bit of success is I didn't quit. It, it just, that's it. I just didn't quit after three years. And then towards the end of the third year, I started seeing like an uptick in sales. And I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Three years of being consistent, writing those emails, showing up, showing up, showing up. And you build this momentum and it's like a flywheel effect. You're like, okay, I'm building this momentum. All of a sudden it starts to keep going without you know, and then traction is happening and people are seeing you, sales are increasing. You're like, okay, this, there's something to this. And then that's when I started to build out a team to support um, the demand that was coming in. Incredible. So three years, you stayed committed and consistent. Yeah. Talking about three years of not taking any income. I just had this feeling 
that this is what I was supposed to be doing. There are times where like, should I just close the business down? But I just had this like gut feeling. I knew I was supposed to be doing this. I talk to a lot of my clients about the power of consistency, and I believe it's one of the characteristics of goal achievers. They're consistent. They overcome adversity. They have that mindset to keep moving forward. They focus on progress, not perfection. What are some of the things you do to keep your mindset so strong uh, so you stay consistent and keep growing? Yeah, um, I, I totally agree with that. I, I focus on progress because perfection is the killer of progress. I do a lot of mindset work and I surround myself with a lot of people who are similar in thinking. Um, I've joined masterminds. I take courses and meet people that are on the same vibration and ambition as me and understand like S is going to hit the fan. Things don't always work out. It's okay to fail. You like learn from it. You get stronger, you get up and then you do it again, but better. And that's part of the journey. You mentioned you surround yourself with people who think similarly, and I believe we are really the sum of the books we read, the podcasts we listen to, the people we surround ourselves with. So if there is anyone listening to this episode right now thinking, I want that, I want to be in front of big thinkers, where can people go to start finding people that help get them to that next level? Yeah, um, seeking out mentors. I mean, you can find great people on Instagram, um, different, very, very like motivational coaches on Instagram. And a lot of them, they do have their own masterminds and masterminds are just groups of other entrepreneurs and big thinkers that want to get together and bounce ideas off of one another and join those programs. And yeah, I listen to a lot of podcasts, all those like top 10 recommended books for entrepreneurs, think and grow rich. That's a huge one, right? Learning all the golden nuggets that they're saying. In order for you to grow your business, you have to become somebody that can do that. Your success does not outpace your personal development. Really look inside yourself and like determine what, what do you need to improve? Is it your mindset? Is it your limiting beliefs? And then uh, surrounding yourself with people who are maybe more knowledgeable and that can help you discover that. I love that you brought up success does not outpace your personal development. That's huge. And I know as women who own businesses, as mamas, it can be really hard to prioritize personal growth and development. I, I know I've hired a coach to help me grow. I also joined an entrepreneur's organization this year to help me grow personally and professionally. How do you find the time to prioritize your own growth and development? Yeah. So I really cut out stuff that doesn't move the needle. I'm pretty goal oriented. So I, I know what I want to do. I want to move the needle in my business. I want to be present with my family. I want to make sure I live a healthy life. So it's like things don't really fall in those buckets. I just don't do right. In my 20s, I used to love hanging out at the bars with my friends and going out, which is cool now every once in a while, but it's just not a thing that I even really care to do anymore. Not to mention like I have a daughter. So it's hard to do that. But even if I had time, I don't know if I'd really want to because I genuinely love learning. I love reading and figuring out how I can uh, do better. How What else can I do? Because there's always something that I can improve in. Like 
whether it's speaking and communicating or something specifically in business, like what can I do better? And I always want to figure out a way to get better so I can bring it into my family life or in my health or in my business. Yeah. And it's just about prioritizing, like getting, getting rid of the crap that doesn't really matter, you know? Absolutely. It's becoming very intentional to the life you want to build, the business you want to build. And then you look at all the ways you spend your time because time is our greatest commodity. And we have to look at those places that can waste our time or people that drain our energy and shift our focus away from what's important. So I think that is a powerful reminder to everyone that we have the ability to be intentional. We have the ability to choose the goals that we want to go after. And then we get to make the choice on how we're going to use our time to either propel us towards those goals or push us further away. Totally. And something I also wanted to add is, and I would say this happened to me very recently, maybe in the last year or so, is really thinking about Um, do I care what people think and people's opinions of me? And let me tell you that power of like not giving an F about people's opinions. It's so amazing. Like all of a sudden, like, yeah, like I don't really care what these peripheral people think about what I'm doing or what they think of my business. Doesn't matter. I'm not serving them. I'm serving my clients and my customers. I'm trying to add value to them. You realize how much time you waste being concerned about what other people think. And um, once you realize that it really doesn't matter, it's like you're free and you're you're empowered. Like now I can show up on social media however I want. I could talk about what I want. If you don't want to follow me, that's up to you. And it's like so I just encourage people to really, really think about why do you care what people think? Because you're holding yourself back from your greatness. I am so thrilled we are going here right now. I struggle with comparison and and I do have thoughts in my mind. Oh, I wonder what this person will think or what do they think? How did you free yourself? What is the secret? Yeah, you know, I think it's normal. It really is normal. I, I must admit, like, I'm not perfect. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish I could be more whatever in those times. And then I really think about why I'm doing what I'm doing. What's my purpose? What is my purpose? My purpose is to serve these women through their breastfeeding journey to make an impact in their lives. Or I'm also a business coach. My purpose is to help guide these other entrepreneurs that went through the exact same thing that I'm going through, and I can help them accelerate in their business much faster. My focus is the value that I can add to um, my clients and my customers. And in that case, it doesn't really matter. It's not about me. It's not about me. It's about the value I can add. When you put that in perspective, like people's opinions, it really doesn't matter. It's like nothing in comparison to the value you can add into people's lives. This is a constant theme I'm hearing from you, too, as we talked about what kept you motivated and inspired when launching your business, why you and your husband decided to go all in, and how you've evolved away from caring what other people think. It goes back to understanding your purpose and being deeply, deeply connected to your why. Yes, yes. Um, and it, it wasn't something that I knew from the beginning either. It was definitely a journey in figuring that out. I would say in the first three years of launching Bogen, when I really didn't have that market traction yet, I don't think I knew. I wasn't very clear on that. And I actually think that's probably why 
Bojan didn't have that market traction because I myself as the leader of the company didn't have that clarity. But once I started to develop it, interestingly enough, the company started to really take off. This is why I really believe that your success does not outpace your personal development. And you talk often about four pillars of success. You talk about foundation, customers, Mm -hmm. sales, and scale. Mm -hmm. How did you create these four pillars of success? Yeah, that's really interesting. So it took the five-year journey of building Bojan to really boil down to what it took to move the needle in the company. So the foundation is really understanding your customers and why, what's your purpose, what's your goal, really understanding that. And like, if you don't have the clarity on who your customers are or why you're doing what you're doing, actually, I would say if you don't have clarity on why you're doing what you're doing and then who your customers are, the scaling doesn't matter, right? It really boils down again back to like your core of your purpose and your why. I also believe in the power of clarity. It's one of the characteristics of goal achievers. So once again, clarity being key to the success of your business, clarity also being key to the success of achieving your goals. How do you think a business owner can start to define his or her ideal client or customer? You can start just by asking questions. Um, I'm generally like a curious person, so I'll talk to anybody. So I talk to every woman, just really try to understand them because there's always what they say and then what they really mean underneath it. So you have to kind of read both, you know, and like understanding your customers, just asking a lot of questions. Surveys are a great way to like dig in, but having like real live conversations and understanding the background of why they're saying what they're saying, really digging one layer or two layers underneath that. Oh, this is the real why of how they feel the way they feel. And when you can talk to that feeling under the feeling, then then like that's when your customer's like, oh, this company gets me. They they understand like, oh, it's not just about pain about pumping, it's about being seen and like being like appreciated as a mom, you know, talk about those feelings, those pain points, and then you can really resonate with your your customers. Getting to that deeper meaning behind the meaning is critical. That is one of my favorite things to do with my clients because I have to make sure we're solving the right problem. Just like when you launched your company, you want it to solve the right problem. And so that curiosity really helped you identify your customers and your clients. Yeah. And like you said, it's the same thing when you're talking to your clients one-on-one or entrepreneurs, like they say what their problem is, but like what's the real, it's usually a layer or two underneath. And as a leader, as a sales and communication person, you need to like be able to understand how to peel that back. So you, so then they can, then they can connect with you like, oh, okay, you actually really understand what I'm, what I'm trying to do. So. And if there's anyone listening that wants to understand how to better do this, it can be very simple. I think it starts with a good solid relationship, but then asking why, tell me more. What does that mean? Why, why, why? And then all of a sudden you get the real answer and there's usually a ton of emotion and, and commitment and inspiration and all this good stuff that comes out of sitting with someone and going through all of those layers. It's really powerful. 
Yes, it is. It's my favorite too. When I have a client, I'll ask a question and they give me that surface level. And then without even prompting, they go, ah, let me just tell you what's really going on. Here's the truth. And it it's usually fear, mindset, mm-hmm. a limiting belief, a story mm-hmm. that you're telling yourself. So yeah, I find like self-worth is also another huge thing. Huge, huge. As yeah. you, this is, this is leading me to another question. As you've been growing your business, do you ever encounter fear, either fear of failure or fear of success? And yeah, what do you do to get through that fear? Last year, I had joined a mastermind and I was speaking to one of the coaches and I said, so a lot of people have fear of failure. I was almost like, okay, like I can handle failure, but I didn't know what to do with success. I was thinking like, what if I am too good? What if I'm too successful? What if, what are people going to say? What if I don't have any friends anymore? What if nobody can relate to me? And she kind of highlighted to me like, oh, that's my ego trying to keep me in my comfort zone. Not too high or not too low. Like me wanting to stay in this like middle comfort zone. I didn't realize that, but I had to, I had to do the work. I had to do the inner work. Why, why am I scared of success? Who am I, who do I care about that's going to judge me and not like me if I become successful? So that's when that whole um, thing I was talking about, not really caring what people think, then putting, really thinking about like why you're doing what you're doing and your purpose and you, you focus on that. Well, I have to become the person I'm going to become in order to bring this value. So if that means I have to break this, this barrier, the ceiling, then I'm going to do it. And ever since then, I just didn't look back. Now I like don't even know who that person was that was scared of that. I would just <laughs> keep going, keep it moving. Keep moving forward. Isn't that incredible as you take a look at how quickly you can grow and evolve if you're committed to personal growth yeah. and development? It's amazing. Yes, yes. Surrounding myself with the right people is also another thing because there are times when I'm like, oh, I don't know. I like self-doubt and you have your mentors, your your other, your friends tell you like, no, this is you're, you're here because you earned it and you deserve it. Like, yeah, you're right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So it keeps you on the right track. Put the work in. Okay. I have a tactical business question for you. Okay. How should someone start to scale his or her business? And mm-hmm. in other words, what systems do you think people should start to put in place first? Yeah. So I really encourage people and like business owners, especially if you're like a solo entrepreneur to really look at all the tasks that you're doing and think about what are the needle moving ones? Which one is going to grow your business? Which one's actually going to be like have a direct impact to your, your sales and your revenue. And I say you as a leader should be focusing there. Like maybe that's showing up on podcasts and going live and, you know, um, showing up on Instagram. Whereas things like like writing emails or bookkeeping could be outsourced, right? So to scale, you have to understand leverage. That's leveraging automation and systems and other people's time. And by other people's time, I mean outsourcing, right? You can easily hire an assistant VA or, you know, somebody to like a copywriter to help you write emails or even a social media manager to post for you. And You need to be super impactful with your time, especially as a mom. You have like even more limited time. You need to leverage, leverage other people and and systems 
I think that is incredibly insightful. And I'm actually going through this right now. I I fortunately grew really fast and I love the work that I do when I'm working with clients or leading a workshop or hosting a podcast. And I'm starting to look at all the other tasks that need to be done to grow my business. And so I am uber fortunate that I work with a podcast producer. I work with a copywriter. I work with a social media manager. And I and I was given some incredible guidance on how to figure out what task to delegate and where I am most impactful. And it really mm-hmm. comes down to tracking your task over a week or two and putting yeah. them into these quadrants of yes. what do you love? What do yes. you not like? What's most important? What's not important? Because we can really, really spend a ton of time working on things we love, but they're not going to move the needle on driving revenue. Exactly. And as exactly. a business owner, we got to make revenue. We got to make money. Right. Yes. I love that. And you know, my favorite thing is eliminating tasks because then you'll find that you do things that don't move the needle. They're not important. So why are you doing it? And then sometimes you're just like so used to doing these things and you realize like, oh, this actually doesn't do anything. So you eliminate tasks, but leverage, leveraging people, systems, those are the two best ways to start to scale. But a lot of entrepreneurs think that, you know, maybe you have to wait to a certain like revenue or certain growth before you hire somebody, but actually you need to hire, need to outsource to scale. You need to open up your brain space and bandwidth in order to think so you can work on the business and not always in the business. So um, yeah, I'm a big proponent for systems automations and eliminating and outsourcing. Focusing on the most critical tasks that are going to get you to your business goals. I think that's yes. a skill set that we're all continuing to refine. What do you enjoy most about being your own boss? It is a lot of pressure and responsibility. I think I just enjoy leading and guiding not only my team, like I can help my team grow in in their personal development too, but it's not so much about being my own boss. It's really, it goes back to like my purpose. It's like I can dictate the impact that I choose to provide. You know, I want to help my customer, so I'm going to do it. It's not dictated by like if I'm working for a big corporate company and I'm doing a, something that I don't even know what it rolls into, right? So I actually can see my impact and what I do. So I, I I really enjoy that. And that I think is why a lot of us love the work that we do is we're on the front lines of making that impact. I know that I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's like every year we get to set our goals and think about the impact and how many people do we want to serve and what new projects do we want to take on. It's a wild responsibility, but it comes a lot of responsibility, (laughs) but it comes with some really great rewards. Yes, it does. Tell us how you juggle running a seven-figure e-commerce business, coaching, and being a mama. How are you juggling business and motherhood? That's a good question. In my business ventures, I usually don't start something unless I have a strong partner or a strong team because I know how much work it takes to create momentum to get something off the ground. So for Bojan, I have a team of 12 people 
So they're like a well-oiled machine now. They know what to do. They just need my guidance. I don't need to be as involved in like all the tasks. So um, now I'm building an, something new called the Mom Boss Method, where we work with other moms and mom entrepreneurs trying to find that balance. So it's just about like being really organized, um, intentional, like you said. If something doesn't add value or move the needle in what I'm trying to accomplish, I'm just not going to do it. And then at the same time as being a mom, you have to like give yourself grace too. Sometimes you don't finish all the tasks on your task list and that's okay. It's okay. You you do your best and you do the best that you can. You have to give yourself grace for that. Oh, it is so easy to beat myself up. I'm not a good mom. I'm not a good wife. I didn't move the needle on my business. And I really have to pause and check myself. And And that's why every week I do the Friday ritual where I list out my weekly wins. What did I learn? What are the priorities for next week? And really reminding myself of where I am doing a good job or where I am excelling has been critical in my own growth and, and development as a business owner. Yeah, I like that. That's a good idea. Weekly tracking your wins because it's easy to be like, okay, these are all the things I still have to do, but you didn't take any time to reflect on like what you did accomplish. I learned this a couple years ago. I was working with a woman who is a financial advisor and she came in for coaching. This is when I was coaching at a corporate level. And she would always talk about what was not working in her business, what wasn't going well, where she was falling behind. And one day it dawned on me and I thought, we never, ever recognize what's going well. It can't all be bad. And mm -hmm. so I've started to pull that into my coaching conversations and asking my clients, how did you win over the last week? But then too, as I was growing my own business, I literally every week write down in my journal, what were my weekly wins? And it's incredible to go back and see that track record and remind mm. yourself, I am getting closer. I am moving the needle. I am making progress that it, it for me, it has really helped silence that negative voice in my mind around, I'm not doing enough, not good enough. Right. I'm not where I need to be. Right. I do. Um, I also do daily journaling, but I always look forward like, oh, these are the things I still need to do. And I'm and this list. All, I feel like always grows, but I'm going to add that to my ritual now. So like reflect back and and list wins for the week. Absolutely. I like that. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Well, follow up with me. Let me know how it goes. Yes. yes. Tell us more about mom boss method. What is the mom boss method? Yes. Yeah, so I am partnering with a transformational and business coach. Her name is Justine, and we are joining forces to help moms, ambitious moms who love their business, love their family, maybe trying to struggle with like, how do I be a present, wonderful mom and grow my business? So a lot of it is about like finding space in your time and, um, finding that balance and then being able to take systems to not only apply it in your family life, but also in your business. I love it. So finding ways to be a present mama, a present business owner, a present person, systems. Do you have any early advice for us mamas on how we can be more present? It's about quality versus quantity. Like I, I struggled with this a little bit too. Like I feel like I always have to be with my daughter but I don't. I just need a really solid 
quality time, maybe 15 minutes just to fill her cup and be really present, love her, hug her, tell her that she's wonderful. And then she's fine. Then she can give me the hour and a half I need to do, go on a meeting or record a podcast and then and not be so hard on myself. Like I need to be next to her the entire day because she doesn't need me. She needs to be independent and be able to do her thing too. And I think we, we moms oftentimes beat ourselves up like, oh, we need to be around all the time. But, you know, there are times where you, if you just give like these moments of like quality moments, really like kids are awesome. Like that, that's what they need. And then they can, they'll be fine playing. Absolutely. I, I think one of the things that helped me is when I stopped thinking in terms of days, but on the weekend, can I give yes. her a couple of really good hours? And at night, yes. can I give her some really great snuggles on the couch? And I I think that has helped me minimize some of that uh, mom shaming or guilt. I could talk to you all day long, but I know <laughs> you've got a big business to run. And so if our listeners want to connect with you, where can our listeners learn more about Bojan and learn more about the mom boss method? Yes, please connect with me on Instagram. My handle is tuhian.lee, spelled T-U-H-I-E-N dot L-E. And I would love to talk to you. I'd love to connect with you. And um, I am launching a four-week boot camp for mompreneurs find balance between business and life. I would love to have you join and work with you. So yes, let's connect. Thank you so much for your insight and your inspiration today. Thank you. All right, goal achievers, I encourage you to keep tracking those wins, make note of your lessons learned, and identify your priorities for next week so you can keep making progress in the direction of your goals. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you are feeling inspired and want to join the Goal Achievers community, visit my website to sign up and stay connected. We can also connect socially on Instagram. Follow me at Meet Kristen Burke. Links are in the show notes. Don't forget to rate, review, and share this show. Until next time, goal achievers, keep progressing towards your goals and celebrate those weekly wins. 